Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute and across the Living Faith Fellowship. And every week we come together with the hope that the conversations that we're having on the show are ministering to you, strengthening, edifying, uh, and that you're getting insight into topics uh, such as theology, uh, missions, ministry. And this week we're going to be talking about covid I know all of you are very done with talking about COVID, and so I want to apologize in advance, but I think the spin of today's conversation is super important, and that's this. How has COVID impacted missions? Um, I think we're still just on the tail end of, of, of the pandemic, and, and I think a lot of us are reflecting on how things changed in ministry, particularly in our local churches. Lots of, lots of things have changed over the last few months. Uh, but but how has it impacted missions specifically? How has it changed the way that we see things? How is it influencing us and how we move forward? And what does missions look like moving forward? I think it's really important for us to have this conversation and prepare ourselves so that we remain missions-minded uh, in the future years to come. And so I've invited a friend of mine, uh, Pastor James Fife, a missionary to Southeast Asia and professor of the missions classes here at Living Faith Bible Institute to talk to us about all of the things that have changed since the pandemic and, and how we should be looking at that. So welcome, man. We really Thanks. appreciate you being here again. That's um, good. So today we're going to be talking about uh, COVID, obviously. Let's just start by addressing um, how COVID has impacted missions over this last year. Like if you could just give us uh, a general perspective of of how COVID has affected um uh, just missions as a whole is the broad yeah. picture. And then we'll dive down deeper into to other aspects of, of the pandemic and, and how it, it, it's going to impact us moving forward. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, so initially I think COVID was awesome, actually. Yeah. Explain that. It was really good. Um, in probably March last year when people started having to work from home, what I found, I think what a lot of people found is that uh, everybody was outside, like neighbors were out. I actually started meeting a lot of neighbors that I'd never met before. And everyone's mm -hmm. like, this is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to be at home all day sure. and I can do my work in half the amount of time. And so, you know, it was, it was a great, um, few weeks. Uh, initially, mm -hmm. I still have relationships that I made then that, that are ongoing now opportunities to continue to minister right. because of that, that short window there. Unfortunately, it was just a short window. And, uh, and then all of a sudden people were like, wait, I have more time for video games mm -hmm. uh, and started, you know, becoming reclusive again. And then the mandates to isolate and separate kicked in and, and quickly, you know, people, dove back into their to their holes and stayed there right so you know so then it, it shifted and and ministry uh, and missions became difficult at, at all levels the the mission became difficult you know in those first few weeks I, I would say that the mission even you know to my neighborhood became a lot easier and uh, I got the opportunity to share the gospel I met people once that changed you know yeah. once the lockdowns came and the fear settled in and yeah either the fear or for a lot of people there was fear that was a big part of mm -hmm. it and, and i think for some it was like well i have more time to do what i actually want to do right you would think that america would have become healthier because we were heading into summer and everyone had all this free time but no we didn't right. you know we all right. just locked ourselves in our house and, mm -hmm. and so groceries delivered to our house and, and ate doritos right we never had to move yeah i mean if you paid the guy if you tip the guy enough he'll deliver it to your couch <laughs> you wouldn't even stop at the door right that's true 
Uh, and so obviously that makes missions very, very difficult mm -hmm. on the, on the local level, just you getting out and meeting your neighbor. It couldn't happen. Yeah. Um, and same thing happened all around the world. So, you sure. know, missionaries who were on the field lost contact to the people they were there to reach. Mm. And then as borders closed, you know, that brings some obvious difficulties. Yeah. In explain sending that. Missionaries. Cause, uh, cause I, I knew that, that, that certain nations closed their borders but explain the impact, the actual impact, because it happened in stages in different places. It, it didn't happen immediately. Mm -hmm. or explain the immediate impact on a, on a foreign missionary on the field or someone who's trying to get on the field in that moment. There was a lot of missionaries who had to postpone mm -hmm. their, their going yeah. because of this. So explain that a little bit, the closed borders issue. Yeah, so if you were already on the field and you saw what was going on around the world, there were some people that said, well, this is, is the perfect time to get out of the country maybe take a furlough that we need or out of fear. Some would have said, well, I don't necessarily want to be trapped in this country um, if COVID comes. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. And so if I can get back home, in my, you know, my, yeah. where, where the rope holders are, if you will, sure, then there's more safety there. Yeah, and so if we compare that back to the beginning of this modern missions movement, which mm -hmm. we've talked about, mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing that we didn't say is those guys often shipped all their belongings in a coffin when they went. The average lifespan of a uh, of a missionary to Africa was two years at that time. Wow! You know, and missionaries went with the mindset that we're going to die on this field. Travel got a lot lot easier now. Mm -hmm. Like we can get anywhere <clears throat> in a few hours. Yeah. And so it's good to get breaks and it's good to to come yeah. back and visit. Um, but again, in terms of the way the pendulum is swung, maybe we do too much of that, mm -hmm. and uh, a willingness to abandon the mission field has kind of crept in. So, oh, it's going to get difficult. I'm in a place that where the medical system's not as good. I'm going to go back to America and I'll come back when it's mm. a little more convenient. Yeah. So there was some of that. Okay. I'm not whitewashing all missionaries sure, who sure, left. Sure, sure. You know, there There's were, many different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you were on the field, some some left. Um, and then again, some got stuck in a, in a lockdown situation. I had friends who were in Europe who, they said it was super strict there. They... Uh, couldn't leave the house except for one person one time a day. And like, they had like a daily voucher. Like if you went out, you had to actually be carrying a pass to prove wow. to somebody that you had the right to be out. And you had like a, a one hour window to do everything that you could do uh, and get it done. So this guy was telling me his kids were, were actually now fighting over who got to take the trash out just so they could walk out of the trash to the end Man. of the driveway, you know, and set the trash out. That's how lockdown was. And so, you know, you think about that in terms of reaching your neighbors. You can't. Yeah. And you're almost like a, you know, a missionary is almost like a small business owner. It's like, there's no business. Right. <laughs> what do you, you know, there's yeah. no one to come in contact with. And, and so you've just kind of, you're playing a waiting game. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so a lot of them did. Uh, they, they said, we'll just hunker down here. We're, we're with these people. And so we'll, we'll ride it the way that they ride mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in terms of back to the border closing specifically, it, it's like waves uh, of the ocean, it, you know, and it just kind of rolls its way around the world. There are different places that are closing and opening their borders at different mm -hmm. times. And we're mm -hmm. still seeing it. You know, here we're, you know, 15 months removed from the initial impact here in America. Um, so, you know, you still have India, uh, really high levels of COVID right now, you know, Costa Rica closing borders and different countries mm -hmm. at different times opening and closing. Do you know anybody that went on the mission field in the midst of COVID? Uh, I like do. During the pandemic? Yeah. What I was do. that like? Uh, difficult. 
um, you had to time it right. You had to try to catch either one of those windows where your country had an open border and would let you get in. Uh, or perhaps you had uh, a special gift set that allowed you to get in. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, back to the idea that that missions has shifted towards humanitarian work. Um, a lot of humanitarians were able to get into countries that, yeah, that needed their skills. They had access that other people didn't right. have. But, you know, if you didn't have that, then you just had to time it right. But, you know, our, our friend, uh, Kale, made it mm -hmm. onto the mission field, mm -hmm. you know, over the past yep. year. And, uh, you know, a lot of that is just the providence of God. Right. And our friend, uh, Mike Renault was mm -hmm. able to leave Kansas City and settle into Boston, which was a, a much more closed community than ours in mm -hmm. terms of the, the impact of COVID. The Carters. The Carters. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Browns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's, I mean, they just went you know, Ireland, a couple of weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. So we're still in COVID world and, and missionaries are still getting on the field, yeah, but it has, God. it has made it difficult. Mm. So what's it like when they get there? I mean, is it still a lot of slow, it's slow moving. It's not like they can hit the ground running. Yeah. So, you know, this will impact missionaries who go long-term. The, the Browns landed in Ireland and they're immediately into a two week quarantine. And that's typically how it's going to go. So initially mm -hmm. those first two weeks, which, you know, in some ways is actually good um, for you to, to work through your your jet lag, depending where you're going, make sure. some slow cultural adaptations and yeah. just kind of settle so, in. Mm -hmm. But you have this mandatory uh, time where you have to quarantine. But then once you're out of quarantine, uh, the countries that are still more locked down, it, it's that same idea. You can't get out. You can say, can't start building relationships. Right. You're not going to the gym uh, or to the park or wherever you would go to meet people because they're not there. Mm-hmm. It, it, in some ways, it makes you desperate. Uh, and I, you know, I really like the idea of, of, you know, asking God to make a way. You know, it's a season of prayer and beseeching. Mm -hmm. You know, that God would would make a way and, and make you fruitful in this in, when the season is prime. Yeah. You know, it's t tough being in the wilderness, but it's such a great opportunity to rely on the Lord. I'm sure there's a lot of benefits. Some of these folks have just gotten on the on the mission field in terms of just trusting God for the unknown. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Very true. You know, and in terms of shifting gears a little bit, just with that idea of still the lockdowns and the mm -hmm. quarantine zone, so in terms of short term missions. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is a question I do want to get to and I and I I want to ask let me ask the question. Okay. Because I think that there's a lot of different things that I want you to talk about in this sure. umbrella. So obviously you're a missions pastor here at Midtown yeah. and um, and so every church has probably handled things a little bit differently, but there are things that, that we've had to change. Mm -hmm. Like missions the last year, as far as MBT goes, has looked a lot different mm -hmm. than it has in years past. And so let's just start with the short-term missions trips because we're a short-term mission trip loving group of people. Oh, I mean, yeah. we've got a large young adult ministry and the expectation always has always been that everybody finds some missions trip every year to, mm -hmm. to go on, to go see the field, to, to be an, an asset, uh, to evangelize, uh, whether it be foreign or local. And, and so, um, maybe talk to talk a little bit about the idea of short-term trips and how that's, how COVID impacted that and, and how we had to adapt. Yeah. So every every Christian should go on a mission trip, mm -hmm. period. Yeah, like I'm I'm making that broad yeah, of a statement. You're pretty firm on that. I, oh yeah, yeah. I think it's a big deal too. Yeah, I, I, you'll seeing different cultures, seeing different parts of the world, allowing you know God to to challenge you even on short term trips and short term trips birth a lot of long term missionaries. Mm -hmm. 
So they're they're vital. And it makes and it, back to the idea of rope holders. Yeah. It makes for really great rope holders. So even right. if you're not the one, um, you've seen the people. You've yeah. looked them in the eyes. You know that they're living souls. They're not just an idea. Exactly. It's, it it changes you. It forever impacts you. You know how to pray better for India than yes. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in terms of short term missions, you know, they all but got shut down internationally. Mm-hmm. As you're trying to cross borders, again, they're closed or you have all, all of these quarantine in place type of mandates. So if you're trying to go do a one week work in Spain, for example, right. you land there and you have to do a mandatory two week quarantine before you can do your one week worth of work. But then coming back to the US, there's been a lot of reentry quarantines as well. So you've got a, a mandatory two week quarantine on the backside. So now you're five weeks to get one week's worth of work on the field Wow! in a country that's pretty closed down. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of incentive to do that. Right. I mean, financially it's hard. Time-wise it's hard. People have lives, people yeah. have vocations that they've got to get back to. It's just not practical. No. So people weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then what did it look like? I mean, how, how did people adapt and change? Missions obviously didn't stop. Um, you know, people focused other ways. Mm-hmm. What, what were some of the solutions that we came up with as a church in order to get to help people on the field? Yeah, I think one of the great things that did come out of COVID was creativity. Mm-hmm. Because of this conversation we're having, it forced us to start thinking, you know, a little outside the box. And um, we, you know, with with Vietnam as our kind of pilot in terms of international missions. Yeah, explain that for listeners who aren't familiar with the potential work in Vietnam. Sure. So we've had teams that have been going to Vietnam for close to five years now, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, a couple times a year in and out. And we've had, you know, a uh, missionary friend, Doug Pearson, who's in that area and has been in mm-hmm. Vietnam too, has kind of made some of those connections. While we were over there, you know, Andrew Ong was able to lead some people to the pastor Lord. Of, pastor of, of international student ministry here at Midtown. Midtown yeah. yeah. So him and his team led some people to the Lord and and these people just latched on to the truth of the word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Andrew has been discipling a few different people uh, via Zoom, actually, you know, for a couple of years now. Yeah, before COVID even. Before COVID. Yeah. Um, but also going about twice a year, we were sending groups mm-hmm. to supplement that. Mm-hmm. And with the idea is that we're working towards planning a church and Andrew might have led the pastor to the Lord, or maybe Andrew himself will go to be the pastor. Right. You know, both of those things. Well, are, working through what that looked like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was working well because we got to, you know, be face to face with them a few times a year and send large groups and help them out. So for the past year, you know, we've we've canceled, you know, two different trips to Vietnam. But in its wake, you know, that we've been able to continue with Zoom. Mm-hmm. And we've actually, you know, while it's not ideal, it's not in any way what we would teach, you know, in terms of discipleship, uh, in terms of the reality of transfer of life and relational uh, components of discipleship. Uh, it's hard to do, but we've actually found that it's still working. Yeah. As a Zoom is is not perfect, but it's really good. And, you know, one of the things that, that you oversee here at Midtown is mission support. Mm-hmm. And I think with people growing more comfortable with um, internet connectivity and, and speaking to a screen, um, I think we've begun to to emphasize the support aspect of our missions more, mm-hmm. and we've connected more with a lot of these potential church planters and and mm-hmm. um, people who are on the field. I think we mo- more often are connecting with them, which is probably for them just as beneficial. 
than seeing us once or twice face to face a year, even though that's great. But that weekly, you know, connection is way better uh, mm -hmm. in some ways because it refreshes them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the technology that is, you know, already in place and has really become more robust because of COVID has helped in that aspect a lot. You know, this past week I was, you know, face to face on my phone uh, with LSAO, our friend in, in Spain, in Spain uh, I'm on WhatsApp with, with Chris Tadas and with Ganesh, mm -hmm. you know, yep. in India, in uh, you know, and then I'm emailing with, with Doug Howie in Romania. Uh, and just in a week's time, I can look at or talk to and, and quickly interact with a lot of missionaries and encourage them or get their prayer requests mm -hmm. and find out what's going on. So that has been uh, really good. Yeah, we're all learning how to do that better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even as a church, you know, we were six weeks closed uh, as Midtown Baptist Temple mm -hmm. when the government mandated that. And so we quickly all got online and found ways to stay connected and and prayed quickly that we could get back together because yeah. Yeah. that's ideal. But, you know, out of, even over the last year, we've seen uh, Bible studies grow. Uh, we've, we've seen new Bible studies started. Uh, we've seen disciples made. We've seen, you know, a lot of people coming to Christ and getting connected uh, in, into our Bible studies and even sometimes through uh, an online component first mm -hmm. before they're even brought in to a Bible study and then into a fellowship yeah. and then into the yeah. church. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. Hi, my name is Carly Weber and I am a student at LFBI. LFBI has consistently been used of the Lord to meet me where I'm at in whatever season and to draw me closer to Him. Every class that I've taken so far has very distinct takeaways that I counsel from, that I look back on, that have changed my relationship with the Lord. He is using it to mold me into the woman of God who He needs me to be to get His work done. And through that, I'm learning how to discern better in the world that I live in, how to better understand the world that I live in, um, and how to how to fight with with my weapon, the Word of God, um, in this battle that's all spiritual uh, and none physical. I will look back on these classes for the rest of my life. To enroll for classes, visit lfbi.org. To support LFBI, please visit lfbi.org/support. We, we had a, a young man just get saved who his first few interactions last January with our church were on Zoom. I mm -hmm. mean, he didn't know anybody. He was invited into a Zoom Bible study, and that was his first form of participation. And then he ended up, you know, within a year or so accepting Christ. So, yeah. so big deal, big yeah. deal. Um, so here's another question that's kind of related to that. It's more about like the impact of, of the pandemic. Do you, do you perceive... That um, that there is going to be a greater focus on local and national uh, missions in the coming years, you know, behind COVID. And you know, for instance, we just we planted a church in the midst of COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, Living Faith Boston is an example of of a national church plant here in the U.S. and and uh, and God's working. God's doing an awesome thing in that. There's so much to say about that, but. Um, do you think that that there might be some reasonable trepidation or limitations on international missions? Do you think that there'll be maybe a resurgence in terms of church planting and focus here nationally? And what does that look like? 
Yeah, I do think so, um, because it is harder to get into other, again, other countries. And for a while, it was even that way going state to state. Now that is all lifted here. So it's a lot easier to go state to state now. But again, in the past year, we've built relationships with uh, a church that is being planted in Laramie, mm -hmm. Wyoming, mm -hmm. and uh, Dallas. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, you know, again, via Zoom. Uh, right. We're leading a Bible study there every other week, but there's people there in person that are also meeting uh, in Denver. Mm -hmm. You know, so for us, at least for Midtown, and I think we'll see a lot of this uh, from churches who who still have a heart for the mission. We'll go, well, when God is shutting one door or if Satan is shutting one door, whoever's yeah. shutting a door, there's yeah. always another door opening right. up. And right. God's mission will keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think we'll see people reinvesting into their own neighborhoods again Kaya Bible studies have multiplied. Mm -hmm. That's a, a missions yeah. endeavor that has grown locally mm -hmm. during COVID. Yeah. So is there a warning that comes with that though? Because I mean, obviously you can kind of uh, lose track for the broader vision mm -hmm. to reach the world. So like, what's the warning that comes with, you know, the evangelical church focusing its attention on local or national missions? Um, how do we protect ourselves from getting inbred in that way? Yeah, so we're having, you know, our own kind of new scientific revolution with the proliferation of, of knowledge and technology lately and new enlightenment with the, mm -hmm. the new thinking. So again, taking us back to where we came through history. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be real easy for us to get just again, comfortable and this will push, you know, uh, kind of a a more ethnocentric idea of church again. Mm -hmm. And that would be the danger of swinging that pendulum all the way back to where it was in Carrie's day, right. where, where the Church of England was like, well, we're good as mm -hmm. the Church of England and we'll strengthen one another, but everything else is on their own. Mm -hmm. I think that's the danger of where we will swing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's this, it, historically, we're looking like we've set the same stage mm -hmm. or Satan has. So, how do we protect against that? I mean, I think one of the big things for us is just making sure missions is a constant conversation in, in our church, mission focused conference, mm -hmm. like our own missions conference. And, and continuing to reiterate the significance of reaching mm -hmm. the world is, is God's grand vision um, for the Great Commission. So what are some other ways in which we can continue to emphasize foreign missions work? Yeah, um, it's going to come just through persistence and reading the Bible and praying because God's heart is for the nations and mm -hmm. you can't escape that. Mm -hmm. You can't go very far in the Bible without recognizing that. Mm -hmm. So as long as you have God's heart, you're going to have a love for the word and you're going to have a love for souls. And that's going to transcend those that are by me, and it's going to drive us to do things that are hard. And so keeping that heart, and I think, like you said, an important part is going to be to stay connected um, with like-minded believers and, and have intentional times where we will talk about missions. So we do that in our church at Mission Focus, but we have a missionary prayer night um, you know, eight times a year on our Tuesday night. So mm -hmm. almost every other, a little more than every other month. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is with the intentional purpose of putting our focus on the nations and keeping it out there. So, you know, people like me and you will have to keep just sounding that alarm and pushing yeah. the people to say, uh, we can't get comfortable here. No. Yeah. Yeah. Comfort, you know, fighting against comfort is, is a big deal. Yeah. So, um, you know, back to the idea of, of, pushing a, a foreign missions agenda and continuing to beat that drum. Um, what do you anticipate that people are going to have to consider going on the foreign mission field that they didn't before? So like things that we maybe took for granted or never had to think about. Um, if someone was going to want to go plant a church, you know, 
wh wherever it may be, India, uh, you know, Latin America, Europe, somewhere, things that we would have never considered before. Wh you know, wh what are we thinking about now? What do we have to know going into those places in the future? Yeah, um, you know, the, the, the mindset of people has changed. Mm -hmm. uh, we see it, you know, in America, anxiety has had a threefold increase, depression a fourfold increase in the last mm -hmm. year. Suicide is up, um, you know, and that sh is being showing true across large portions of the world. Yeah. So a new equipping is 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 needed for our missionaries to be ready to to be more tuned in to you know the the mental state of the people. So mm -hmm. better counselors. We yeah. we need to equip and send better counselors mm -hmm. because that's not going to change. Um, that's not going to change because, uh, masks aren't going to go away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of travel restrictions aren't going to go away. So COVID-19 is, is kind of winding down. We're vaccinated now and in a lot of ways we're opening up. Yeah. I saw an article two days back about, uh, H5N8, a new influenza that, just the timing of it's interesting. COVID's winding down. They're putting out this new article and they said, it's coming. This is the next pandemic and it's going to be worse than COVID. So COVID, you know, um, to go to go a different direction for just a minute is a, is a, a setup. It's a test run. It's a preparation uh, for, for an antichrist to come and certain things that need to be in place in this world. Mm -hmm. How well can we get an entire world to follow the orders uh, of a very, very few. Mm -hmm. And it's been a test run. And we've seen real quickly that people are, are you know, with a little bit of fear and a little bit of, of science, mm -hmm. or perhaps science falsely so-called, wherever you want to stand on that. Right. Uh, people are willing to jump in and say, no, this is real. We have to do what they say. Yeah. To the extent that in some places, even in our own country, you know, reports from just our friends in Boston, uh, people are hating their friends and their neighbors over Issues like a yeah. mask, yeah, right? And so people are just like, okay, I have to get on into this. All right, so so Satan is setting us up. Yeah. So, so uh, and God is setting us up. Mm -hmm. God is, is preparing this place. So the mindset of people is changing. Um, you're going to have a harder time, I think, getting individuals. We're becoming a, a very collective mindset as a whole, you know, a societal mindset. Mm -hmm. We talk about the need for uh, individual salvation. That's going to be very difficult. Yeah. I think missionaries and even church planners. Local. That's, a, that's a really interesting idea. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're saying that culturally we're moving back to more of a collective way of thinking, which is, which is the way people thought pre-modern missions. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that Christianity and salvation was some sort of a familial or tribal, mm -hmm. um, and you know, to, to, for good or bad, you think about like a guy like Cornelius or Lydia or people of influence in scripture, they get saved, their whole house gets saved mm -hmm. because everyone's so greatly impacted by the tribal nature, mm -hmm. uh, the familial nature of the community. So there's benefit as long as the gospel's at the center of it. These right. people have patriarchs and matriarchs have great influence. But so you're saying that if we if we get more locked down mm -hmm. and we're more submitted to our the the cultural leanings of our community. That there's a danger of us becoming more think of, thinking about our, our faith more in terms of tribes versus oh, yeah. individual salvation. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, I think that I think so. I think we'll become very tribal, and the tribe will expand out to you know big things like you know the those who are willing to follow the agenda and those who aren't. Mm, 
Interesting. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like a whole other episode. That that would be okay. <laughs> so other other thing, other things that you're seeing, um, in terms of of the, the effects. Uh, yeah, in terms of the effects, so we need to be equipping people with a whole new mindset and, and increasing our um, our ability to counsel. I think it's going to be. Um, you know, back to the idea of where missions has been swinging towards humanitarianism, that's going to ramp up even more. Mm -hmm. Actually, in, in terms of the world, it's going to be very few. It's going to be local church driven. It's going to be people like us who hold to the idea that we must send the gospel. That's going to actually be attacked even more and more. So you're saying maybe, uh, maybe you're implying that that as local churches, we need to make sure that people are trained vocationally in areas that are befitting to the needs of other countries. So whether it be um, nurses, mm -hmm. uh, doctors, uh, you know, English is second language, you know, whatever it might yeah. be. Those are, those are big areas in which, um, we need to continue to emphasize. And probably not even English. It's going to really shift towards, I think, things that are really medically driven, fix, mm -hmm. fixing humanity. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Um, preparing ourselves for that. So in, that will influence, you know, our junior high, high school, college age people into how they prepare for life. If missions is on your horizon, then you have to consider getting equipped to get you there because missions yeah. is going to be humanitarian first and foremost. Mm, okay. What about um, vaccinations in, in terms of um, preparing for that? I know that there's a lot of vaccinations in certain countries where recommendations, here recommendations of vaccinations, are they gonna get more strict with, with vaccinations, do you believe, moving forward? Is there gonna be more of them? Um, the number of shots that I had to get in order to go to India was exceptional. Um, so, I mean, uh, imagining that increasing uh, to maybe 15 or 20 different shots that mm -hmm. you might get. I mean, your body becomes a little chemistry lab. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that? I mean, is that a big deal? Should we be concerned about that? It, it will increase. Uh, COVID vaccines will probably become mandatory, uh, you know, especially in certain areas. I, it's already mandatory for me as a healthcare worker to take certain vaccines every mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. You have to get the flu shot. You have to get, you know, hepatitis. Certain things have to stay up to date. As you said, travel already has recommendations or requirements for vaccines. So it will come very soon there will be more and more um and again there's a whole other kind of side of this that we could push it into that, that we won't today in terms of how that you know even that is setting us up for um uh, a regime to come the mm -hmm. ability to control how people move and where people move the ability to to even start tying all of life into yeah. whether or not you know and we're already trying to do it even with a vaccination we're you know we're saying things like well that you can't go to the grocery store well right. it's not mandated yet but we're kind of already saying you can't buy sell and eat unless you're vaccinated yeah, yeah. there's a there's a there is a cultural component there's mm -hmm. a shaming factor that yeah. exists um you know you know we went shopping last night and i wasn't wearing a mask and, and a woman grilled me in a friendly way about whether or not I'd been vaccinated. Like it was a big deal for her to know Yeah, when it was really, you know, it's not really her business right. in my, in my perspective, but, but it's, there is a, it's a cultural thing um, that's setting us up for something that's more governmental yeah. and authoritarian in nature is this idea that if your body is not your own, your body houses your soul and your spirit. Mm -hmm. Like there's, it's a, it's a vessel and it has implications. And if your body is no longer your own and it, you don't have liberty over it, that's one step closer to giving over the most, you know, personal aspects of who you are, the, the soulish parts of who you are. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of implications involved. Oh there. yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think we have time to go down that no, road. We That's don't. No, huge, there's a, there's but, a, yeah. we have a lot of side trails here, but yeah. But ultimately I want to know, I mean, maybe we can close this way mm-hmm. is uh, what are the things that we need to be considering as we move into 2022, 2023, the years ahead of us, you talked about, man, what, what even junior high kids, what are the, what are the things that we as leaders though, should be thinking about in order to prepare our people for what missions is going to look like. And I know that a lot of this is hypothetical or theoretical, mm-hmm. theoretical in nature. Um, but what are some things that you foresee needing to be addressed as we continue to move forward talking about missions and pushing the, the Great Commission? Yeah. Uh, always a reiteration of the, of the very beginning or the very basic missions is the heart of God. Mm-hmm. God's heart, even, you know, in, in the first 200 years of Christianity, missions was hard because of persecution, literally losing your life. Yeah. Missions is going to be hard for different reasons in the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that doesn't change God's heart or the great commission or the individual call yeah. uh, and, and responsibility of every believer to be engaged in the mission, wherever you are and maybe be moved. Um, yeah, the idea of getting properly equipped and, and equipping will take uh, now, I think, more than than just our biblical equipping, which we've been really good at. I think there will be some outside of, uh, you know, of our strict biblical foundations will be some equipping, like we already mentioned, mm-hmm. that'll, that'll need to be talked about. Uh, the idea just that missions will be different and that we're still a part of it. It's mm. just got to be reinforced over yeah. and over again. Yeah. So being creative and being able to to roll with the waves that come. Yeah. Can we adapt the way men like Hudson Taylor and William Carey did? Yeah. Yeah. Shave half your head bald and wear a ponytail. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's ways in which we can be flexible. Yeah. If this is what God really wants us to do, we, we can, if we're going to obey him, if we love him and we're going to obey him, we'll, we'll make a way. And then I think the last thing too, worth, worth mentioning would just be the idea that we also need to probably encourage our people to, and trust our people to make uh, informed, wise individual decisions on things that aren't really specific to, you know, the most important things. For mm-hmm. example, getting vaccinated. Should we or should we not get vaccinated? Uh, at this point, I don't think it's my role as the pastor to tell you to get vaccinated or not. I think you need to make that decision. And I think I need to support that either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but in light of the idea of, of missions, if a country requires you to get vaccinated, well, that's a, a cost we're going to have to count. Well, whatever your, you know, your moral position is on it or your mm-hmm. big pharma or whatever your right. agenda is against, right. are you willing even to take that cost yeah. in order to get the, the gospel yeah. somewhere else? There's a risk either way that you have to count yeah. and to leave it to the individual to say, hey, I'm following the Lord. I'm full of faith. Okay, well, then you make the informed decision. We want to support you. We're the rope holders. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. James, uh, fantastic conversation. Um, there's so much that we can talk about in terms of missions. I'm sure we will yeah. more in the future. Um, but I want to thank you for being with us today, and, and we'll hang out again real soon. And we want to thank you as well for joining us uh, for this missions conversation. Hopefully it was enlightening, uh, caused you to consider things that maybe you haven't thought about yet, and maybe hopefully uh, stirred in you a desire to learn more about missions. And that's why we offer uh, classes, courses on missions at LFBI, uh, Living Faith Bible Institute. And we want to invite you to begin with the introduction to missions class with James Fife. He teaches that. 
And then uh, again, like I mentioned before in other episodes, we are going to be rolling out more missions uh, classes in the future. So keep an eye out for those uh, classes that address uh, church planting and missions prep, um, fundraising, things like that, things that are practical, but things that are also very doctrinal and inspirational in nature. But we want to invite you to be a part of that. So visit lfbi.org, check out our course load, uh, consider any of our leadership classes, any of our Bible study classes. Uh, we would love for you to be a part of those. Uh, but again, as always, we hope that today was edifying and strengthening to you. We love you. We're grateful for you. And we can't wait to see you again next week. God bless.